Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Mercer Moffitt, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek at ahavet.com. Well, they don't let folks feed kibble now, do you, Dr. Jasek? No way. We don't feed kibble. We don't fix kibble. Not hump day, not any day. <laughs> not even that when That sounds we- like a Dr. Seuss. We should do a Dr. Seuss Right, little Dr. Seuss rhyme. Right, right. I do not feed kibble, Sam. I am or something. I had, <laughs> I somebody, mind, but... <laughs> I had somebody the other day say, "Well, I'm just going to finish out my kibble before I start the raw diet, even though I'm having lots of problems on kibble." I'm like, "Well, okie doke." Don't know what yeah. to say about that, but mm-hmm. I would not finish that bag. The bottom of the bag is probably not the best either. Right. I say donate it. I mean, don't like- donate it. Well, the shelters is fire. Yeah, plant. well, but the shelters and stuff, they they're gonna they you know, they're kind of forced to feed crappy diets. They don't have a choice, so they gotta feed something. So I know, I know. Brian did say to me yesterday as I was at the warehouse working, I still work, you guys. I still pack shippers, I still rock it. I still rock you're it. You're 75 down. strong, right? At 75 hard. And uh, okay. yes, and today I'm on day 43, Dr. Jasek. 43 of 75. More so, than halfway. More than halfway. And I, I've been hearing these horror stories, like people fall asleep reading and, and they're on day 65 and then they, you know, have to bail. You have to, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to fall asleep. So know. they don't get their page, their 10 pages read or. Yeah. And then they're like. So it the, the kind of the rule is uh, before you go to bed, if you go to bed at 4 a.m., that's fine. But before you go to bed, you have to, you know, complete all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm working down at the warehouse or something like that, you know, I got to do my walk in the morning and then I've got to, so anyway, I, I do think it's a good program and it's not really a weight loss program. It's not really... Uh, it, it, you know what it is? It's a mental toughness. It's like, mm-hmm. also, it's a time management. And I mm-hmm. really do believe that I need to create, we need to create a 30-day, not so hard. Maybe it's called 30-day, not so hard for your dogs, right? Yeah, just to get like, yeah, yeah. Like get new habits, new habits for, not so much for the dogs, but for the people. Because it takes time. When they say it takes at least 21 days to create a new habit, right? So what yeah. are you going to do after day 75? Do you, well, are you going to keep up with some of this stuff? Or you I gonna... will. I will. I think I think I will stay on the no potatoes, no bread, no rice, uh, no pasta. I think I will hang with that. I'm still going to work out at least once a day. Mm-hmm. I am going to do that. Reading, probably going to drop maybe having to do 10 <laughs> pages a day. You know, although I've really enjoyed Give Your Dog a Bone um, and The Barf Diet and Connor Can Brady. you listen to audiobooks? That's no, what ma'am. I 
No, ma'am, yeah. you cannot. That would be because because I read. See, that's where it'd be hard because I read it, and when I go to bed at night, I have my Kindle there, and I like I like to read a little bit. But I bet if I get three pages in <laughs> sleep, that's I'm doing pretty good. So it takes me a long time to get through. But I like it because it just gets my mind kind of off. Like if I got something, you know, you lay there and think about the day. But if I read something, then I can, and it's something that's like not too. Just, I read about you know satanism or something like that right some this crazy stuff that's going on i don't practice satanism everybody but you know <laughs> you hear about this stuff going on in the world and there's some really dark stuff out there that you can read so i read something you know uplifting or just a novel or something like that but yeah two or three pages that's all i get through and i'm like okay time to go to bed well, here's here's something that I think that maybe you do want to read, Dr. Jasek. Speaking of Satan, um, so there's a lawsuit, and I love this. I'm so excited about this lawsuit, where Keto Natural Pet Foods is filing, I think it is, let me see if it's a $2.6 It's a biggie. Lawsuit against Hills. It's just going- to take the Keto Pet Sanctuary? Yeah, it is. Um, and they, so it's a class action complaint, um, brought on by keto. They would like for any company that has been hurt by this scam. And this is what they call it in the lawsuit. And guess who is also in the lawsuit, Dr. JC, Dr. Lisa Freeman, from Tufts University. Oh, wow. Doing her. This is all on the dilated cardiomyopathy. Yeah. It's a 2.6 billion unfair competition class action lawsuit against Hills Pet Nutrition. And Dr. Judy Morgan actually read this entire thing on uh, one of her uh, videos. Basically, uh, I'll just break it down to in a nutshell. They, because Hills was losing so much money due to these grain-free diets, okay, Mm -hmm. because pet food tends to follow human food. Why? Mm -hmm. Don't know, because they are pets, they are dogs, we are human. However, this is the way we think. And they were losing, 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 losing. So they decided to come up with, it said, to carry out the scheme Hills, along with a group of closely bound academic veterinarians mm-hmm. and front organizations. Closely operate, bound by their wallets. Right. Uh, and, and and the front organizations operating on Hills' behalf acted in a coordinated conspiracy. I love it when they use those words. And anyway, they said the scheme which is ongoing today, by the way, folks, has several related strands, all of which to serve, to promote the false idea that non-traditional dog foods raise the risk of canine DCM. Wow. So this is all, remember, Dr. Jasek, we, we were saying to people, this makes no sense. Yeah, I'm sure you got, sense. right? I'm sure you got emails, um, my some of my many of my customers would come to us and say, you know, I need to go on a special diet because my dog has dilated cardiomyopathy. And we were like, do they really? And what does grains, what do grains have to do with anything? And right. in this lawsuit, 
Uh, and I think I will do a podcast where I will read it. It's 10 pages long. Um, and it talks about how they did it, how they came together. And they specifically targeted companies that were less than a billion dollars, or maybe it was even, yeah, a billion dollars, which they knew were a lot of us, right? Because mm -hmm. you couldn't absorb the lo the losses. Well, they yeah. they knew they weren't going to go after, you know, some of the biggest companies, but they 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 made it look like the way that they did. And what it says in here is that Lisa Freeman, Hills, all of these vets at Tufts went to the FDA with false information and induced the FDA to bring this up and to say, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, if the FDA doesn't do their own, re which they don't. I mean, what am I thinking? No, they don't. But, you know, it, it, here we go again, Dr. Jasek. Do we get any I'm sorry's? I'm sorry that I treated you terrible like you didn't know your sphincter from a hole in the ground. No, we don't get or, or your, you know, business loss. I mean, maybe that'd be some monetary, but I mean, the class action suits, you know, you know, for if this really hurts some of these smaller food companies, they're not going to get enough compensation to make up for that. And the narrative is still going on. It'll probably still continue to go on after the lawsuit, though, if this lawsuit gets publicized, you know, and they're going to squash this, too. That's the other thing I hear about it, but they're going to keep this. They're going to keep this, you know, quiet. You know, they blasted the whole thing about, oh, dogs need grain for a healthy heart. I mean, like that went through the media like crazy. They're not going to be talking about this lawsuit. But so did they they actually were able to prove that Hills instigated this? Yeah, because what they did was they got the Freedom of Information Act mm -hmm. and they found how they concocted it, right? And they knew that pets, that grains weren't the thing, right? And so one of the um, things in here, it says the defendants, so that's, you know, Lisa Freeman and all of her folks, what they did was uh, they did a sale through veterinarians and veterinary clinics, and they used the bogus claim that boutique, you know, diets, which are mm -hmm. like the raw diets, are associated with DCM, and it was easily incorporated into sales and marketing materials provided to vets by Heels, who then passed the message along to their trusting clients. However, as a large and sophisticated corporation, Hills realized that spreading misinformation about his competitors' products would expose it to liability, so it sought to obscure its role by putting the false statements in the mouths of its co-conspirators, i.e. vets, uh, or under their watch, and then amplify that message by referring to their vets. And then they all, they, the, so then the defendants, these vets, communicated the message directly to the public. And mm -hmm. some of the writings authored by the veterinary defendants, Lisa Freeman, about the uh, dangers of these, you know, boutique diets were consumer-friendly articles published on public, uh, a public accessible website. I wonder how much she got paid. She I don't got, know, but I hope I she, she got, I bet she got paid off to. You're just like, I mean, who 
We how don't. Could you, think- how could you ethically do that? You know, how, how could you? Like I say, like when people cross a line like that and they just are okay with knowingly putting out false information, going to the FDA, you know, they have to be paid off. Yeah. I just don't think people with a good conscience and I, you know, I've always believed that veterinarians fundamentally are good people. They care about the animals, but when this kind of thing happens, like either they're either they got a control file on them or they're being paid off because that's how cynical the world is. But sounds like I bet she got paid off. So, so why Tufts or was it just Tufts or was it other universities too? I have to go through here and look, but there is a company. Um, so the plaintiff is Keto Natural uh, Pet Foods. Okay. And we've talked about them out of Salt Lake. The defendants are Hills. Um, and then it talks about Morris Animal Foundation, which is a Colorado nonprofit mm-hmm. corporation with its principal place of business in Denver. Uh, which their stated mission is to bridge science and resources to advance the health of animals. And that was created by the founder of Hills, mm-hmm. Mark Morris. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you've also got Ma- the Mark Morris Institute that this suit is being brought against. Lisa Freeman, John Rush, who is a, uh, citizen of the Massachusetts and currently resides in and around uh, Med, uh, Massachusetts. He must be a vet. Darcy uh, B. Adnan, she's also a vet. Joshua Stern, uh, Ryan Fries. I mean, there's there's a group of them. I, I love that they're discrediting the vets because maybe if people hear about this, that they'll realize, oh, Maybe I just can't blatantly or blindly believe everything that my vet tells me because you can't, because this is the kind of thing that goes on and the vets get the, and I can just see how this happens too, is that, you know, then it gets, it gets, she probably published a, a journal article and then she probably spoke at some CE meetings or somebody she educated spoke at some CE continuing education meetings. And that's how the word got out to all the other vets in the, in the country. There's probably an article in the AVMA journal. I mean, I don't read the journal, but that probably, that's how this kind of thing gets out there. And I think, you know, we've been saying this for a long time, question, question, question. Don't just blindly believe what you hear, even from your vet. The white coat does not make them God. Nobody's nobody's God. I was listening to a, a Tucker Carlson interview, one of his ones that he did since he did the Putin interview. And and he said, he said, I only trust people that don't believe they're God. You know, meaning if you're not humble enough to realize, hey, I, I can make mistakes and I don't know everything, then you're not trustworthy. And I think people put that kind of faith in medical professionals, human medical professionals and veterinary professionals. And it's not like they're all bad. I mean, I'm a vet. I like to think I'm a good person, but, but they fall for this stuff. And it's not that they're even bad people. They probably honestly believe that this was true because they have this blind faith in the AVMA and the universities, these godly veterinary schools. Well, it's coming out of the vet school. So must be true. They certainly, that's where we got our education. So the vet schools aren't going to lie to us. So the vet's, 
believe that this is in the best interest of their patients. I don't think that most your average general vet thought that they were doing something harmful, but they blindly believe this information without questioning it. So it's up to the pet parents to start, you know, questioning on behalf of their pets. So what, what is this, this is such an interesting read um, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but again, we talk about marketing, Dr. Jasek, uh, all the time. And what Hills realized, they developed its marketing strategy based on other successful Colgate strategies. Okay. So around the time that uh, it acquired Hills, Colgate had recently achieved, and I'm quoting from the lawsuit, tremendous success with a first-of-its-kind marketing campaign whereby the company's dental products were sold to consumers by marketing the products to their dentist. So Colgate mm-hmm. soon decided to adopt a similar strategy with its new pet food acquisition. So Colgate acquired Hills, And what they did was they used the same strategy as they did with the vets. And they were telling the public that Hills dog food had the approval of veterinarians. Mm -hmm. In an article published in the Wall Street Journal in 1997. It's on the trucks. If you ever see a Hills truck going down the road, it says veterinary approved right on the side of the trucks. Jesus. John Steele, Colgate's former senior vice president of marketing and sales, described the strategy as as follows. It's, and I'm quoting, it's just like taking drugs. You go to the doctor and he prescribes something for you and you don't much question what the doctor says. It's the same with animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. This is awesome. And here's how much it grew by using that strategy, Dr. Jasek. By focusing on marketing to veterinarians instead of directly to consumers, Hills grew from only 40 million in annual sales in 1982 to 900 million by 1997. That is a 2000 increase in sales. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. It's all marketing. I am going to, I am going to send this out to my entire customer base and I'm going to say here, would you like to read this? And I don't know that any of my DCM customers are still around because, of course, what did I know? I was trying to kill their dog by saying, you need to take a deeper look at this. Mm-hmm. But then I was trying to kill grandma, too, by not wearing a mask. <laughs> You're one of those evil people. You know, um, it's interesting. I read the book. We've talked about the um the opioid, the um, Sacklers, the, oh, yeah. uh, the op- whole opioid epidemic. It's still going on. There's lots of people that are addicted. But that started, our Arthur Sackler, that started that whole thing. He was a, a MD, but he was a psychologist. And he mm-hmm. studied the psychology of doctors. So he knew how doctors think. And their whole premise was just like this. How to educate the doctors to sell their drugs, to convince Mm -hmm. them that it's not addictive and that it's safe. And so their whole focus was training the doctors to do their dirty work for them and made them billions. So it's the same thing. And clearly it works. I just love that they're 
blowing the whistle on this. I mean, just, I mean, hopefully this will get out, get enough press that it'll, that it'll raise, raise some awareness, regardless of the outcome, if at least the lawsuit gets out there so that people, you know, can actually read this information. Well, we just got to get the information out there too. So um, it's interesting that pet food industry silent on it. Oh, gee, what a surprise. No comment. Silent. And you're just like, this is big news, folks. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm pretty sure I got it. I would have to go back and look and look and see who created pet food industry. Who wants to slant the information to get out there, right? And when you look at that whole pet food industry, when they have their conferences, when they have all of their stuff, it's all about, here's a new extruder. Here's how you can make pet food look healthier. You know, here's the words that you can use. I mean, gosh, dang, it's a con. It's such a con. But but again, Dr. Jasek, I mean, you know, here's what I know and what I see constantly. It, I mean, people have in their heads, and I don't know how you break this, that raw food, the food that dogs and cats were meant to eat is somehow going to kill them because it has naturally occurring bacteria, right? And as soon as a dog vomits or has diarrhea or whatever, they're running to the vet to do a blood test. And, you know, we say, go right ahead. We'd love to see the information. Do you know we never hear back from those pet parents? Never, ever in the time that I've been here. Why? Because they probably get, their pets probably look great. And they're like, well, dang. And even then, and I don't think you'd see anything on a blood test anyway, but even then they don't come back and say, hey, Sorry that I was so mean and rude and spiteful. Oh, yeah, no. And and judgmental. Mm-hmm. I, no. I it doesn't happen. And and um I guess it's just when you run a company, I think um, you know, you gotta it's not just thick skin. I think you have to you have to really think about how people think. And it's, 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 uh, sometimes it's not pretty. Not pretty. And you think you have to stick, you know, you have to really stick to your principles. I mean, I've been kind of going through that with, with my practice because I'm, I'm, you know, been, been taking steps to try to weed out people that, you know, we don't feel are a good fit for our practice. I want people that are really on board with the way we practice. And I'm like more than happy to help them. But if I have to fight to convince somebody that a raw food is their ideal diet, they don't even belong here. Like, I don't even want to engage with them. That's why we do nutrition consults now first. And we did these videos because I want people to hear where we stand. Cause if they're not on board with it, I I go someplace else. I don't, I don't care. I don't, you know, think what you want, believe what you want, treat your pet to your choice, but don't come to me because I'm not going to, sit here and, and, you know, try to convince you for an hour that you need to get rid of the kibble. Like, I just don't even want to go down that road. I want people that are already on board with it, that already get and just want help, you know, 
doing that. Now, now what do I do? Help me do this better. Help me help my pet. Um, but, but it can be hard, you know, to sometimes to, to stick to your guns and say, nope, this is, this is how we practice. And, you know, cause you're in business, you know, you want to grow, you want to help people is this, there's this inclination, you know, to talk about meeting people where they're at. But I think, you know, for me to sleep well at night, I got to stick to what I feel is best for the pets and what I've seen in my own experience. Cause that's what I'm in it for. And by catering to the people, sometimes it's not in the best interest of the pets. Cause you want, the, you know, you want people to feel better. I don't want, I don't want people to feel like, you know, they feel bad because they poisoned their pet or whatever. Like I'm in it for the pets. People don't like it. They go someplace else. Right. It kind of finally came around that. And it makes doing what I do feel a lot better and a lot more authentic. I had these lovely ladies show up at the warehouse yesterday because they have a 12-year-old dog who is eating blue buffalo, okay, which is one of the worst. They're all bad, but blue buffaloes is is terrible. And this dog had all these hot spots. Hmm. So they took him to the vet. First, this dog was one of the issues that the the dog had was that it was running, slipped on the ice, and his legs came out from underneath him, and he boom hit the ground and literally could not stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think at that point you want to go see Doctor Andy and find out you know what's going on. We probably pulled something, but of course, that if you don't know that there's pet chiropractors and you can't get you know you're in a state where you can't go to one, you could be in trouble by going to a vet. You know, and they're that then we just do they just do the drugs. Mm-hmm. So what happened was this dog's on blue buffalo, and they end up going to a place here where you can do the swimming and the treadmills and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is great, right? Which is great. But this dog started getting these hot spots. They thought that the dog was getting hot spots from the chlorine in the pool. And, but regardless, they take the dog to the vet and what does the vet do? Put them on Apoquil for the hot spot. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. All you ever have to, had to do is get them off the blue Buffalo. Right. We don't see rough head dogs with hot spots. I just don't Mm -hmm. see it. But I can tell when. Somebody will say, my dog has a hot spot. Well, are you mixing kibble? Are you mixing greenies? Are you mixing processed treat? What's, there's something in there that's causing this hot spot. Mm-hmm. So, and they were like, we just didn't even know about feeding a species appropriate diet. And they walked out of there with the whole, you know, with they're the going, whole They're going to change to raw. Huh? Yeah, they're going to change to raw. And I said, listen, you can't just take your dog off of Apoquil just like that, because you're going to have a rebound effect. Mm-hmm. So I said, you want to be working with somebody like a Dr. Judy Jasek at ahavet.com. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is, and they had a cat that had thyroid and kidney problems. And it was 15 and eating, eating dry food. And I said, this is directly related to the diet. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, that's, you know, that's like, 
you know, well, people say, well, all cats get kidney disease. Well, if they they're have in kibble, to, probably they don't, they don't have to, you know, or they don't have to get diabetes, you know, if they're, if they're on a, if they're on a better diet, but by the time they've been eating it for 15 years, it's a little hard to correct it at that point. Body doesn't yeah. have as much resiliency. I, I have a number of kitties, older kitties that I work with. And sometimes it's, it's hard to get these old bodies to turn around. I don't well, like so old bodies. It doesn't want to turn around sometimes. And sometimes they're like, I, I just prefer my kitty crack. I'm not going to eat raw. You know, and, and for cats, they need probably a little less bone, a little higher organs than dogs. You got to feed them a lot more often. I mean, it's, they're different than dogs for sure. Um, I, I hear vets say stupid things about cats all the time. Um, as far as they're eating, oh, they can't eat beef because they can't take down, you know, a cow. And I'm like, well, a mountain lion can. Yeah, I've, I've heard that one too, but beef is not, um, not an appropriate food for cats because cats don't, don't kill beef. Well, I would think a mouse is kind of similar, you know, I don't know. Well, and you look at the mountain lions around here, yeah. they'll take down a deer, they'll take down an elk, they'll take down a dog. Uh, I mean, they, they're big. They can take down whatever they deck them well, please. But they got the same metabolism. Right. Oh, wait, though, our domestic cats have evolved, haven't they? They've evolved. They've they evolved to eat, eat sugar. They can eat kibble. They can they lick, they lick a bowl of sugar every day and be just fine, Dr. Yeah. Jason, because they've evolved to that. Yeah. Because we you have two. You know what I see most often in kitties, because I know now what questions to ask, is when people are trying to do a diet change, they don't stop. Com you have to completely stop feeding the kibble because they're addicted to it. And, you know, they'll leave out a few little nibbles and they'll keep going back to it and they don't want to eat whatever other food they're trying to offer them. And I say, you got to put that food down, you give them 15 minutes, they don't eat, you pick up, you don't feed them another thing. And they're not going to die. That's this other thing, you know, cats need to eat. Well, if the cat goes, you know, three days without eating, that's one thing. It can go probably 24 hours easily without eating and you got to let them get hungry. And yeah, they'll drive you crazy. That's the other thing is cats will drive you crazy. Meow, meow, begging, meow, meow, meow. begging for, because mm -hmm. they're addicted to it. They're literally, they're obligate carnivores and they get totally addicted to those carbs. But you have to stop the carbs completely. And I've seen people successfully transition older cats to, um, to a, a fresh food diet. Sometimes they'll start with canned food because it's, the cats will accept that sometimes more, but then, you know, then we move on to something fresher onto a raw diet. And, um, but, but most often when people are not having success and I ask that question, are you giving any amount of kibble? And they say, yeah, they are. Cause my cat's driving me crazy and I got to work and, you know, but I think that's what it, that's what it takes. Right. One of our, out, we kind of inherited two cats when we bought this place and they're outdoor kitties, but I feed them raw. I feed them same blends, just add an little extra organ. And, um, but the one of them didn't take to it. I'm like, sorry, dude, that's all you're getting, go catch a mouse, but you ain't getting kibble here. So I don't know what you're, they gave them, they gave the cats away to the neighbors across the street. And then when the cats realized somebody was living here, they came back and they've got a big horse farm. They raise uh, Clydesdales over there. And so they've got a whole bunch of cats. And I'm sure they just got the big bowls of kibble sitting out there. So I'm like, yeah, kibble, over there, here, 
Did um, they stop coming over? Oh, no. They started eating raw. <laughs> did the other one finally start eating raw or no? Yeah. No, it, oh, no, it did. I think they're still going over there and snacking on the kibble because they're fat. I mean, they're oh. just like pudgy. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm like, how are you guys getting so fat outdoors? They don't, they don't come inside. We wanted, we want mousers, you know, we want cats out there keeping them. Do your job. Do your job. And, um, which they do and deposit them by our door, um, sometimes, (laughs) but I can't wait to eat those. You're supposed to eat those. So you guys are clearly being overfed, but yeah, they got really pudgy this winter. But so I think they're going over there because their barn's heated and everything and hanging out in the warm barn and chowing down because they, they can't, I even started, I thought maybe I'm feeding them too much. I was just kind of eyeballing. So I started measuring the raw or weighing it to make sure I wasn't overfeeding them. And I'm like, you guys shouldn't, are not getting fat on the amount of raw I'm feeding you. And if you're running around eating mice, you shouldn't be getting fat. So I think they're over there hanging out and getting. Yeah. But nothing I can do about it. It's like people know. running down to the donut shop. You know, you do really well. And then you just hang out at the donut shop, which, you know, I, I said to somebody the other day, you know, when they were saying, I'm just going to, I'm going to finish out this bag of kibble. I said, you mean donuts, donuts, cookies, and chemicals? Donuts, <laughs> cookies, and chemicals. I love that. That's what I call it. Donuts, yeah. cookies, and chemicals. Yeah. And you, you know, basically it's like, okay, you do know that that's going to need to be detoxed out of the body because somebody, somebody said, oh my there's there's blood in my in my dog's poop. I said, how many days you've been feeding raw? One. I said, well, okay. You know, it's a diet change. It may or may not be blood. Uh, you know, but unless it's like, you know, shooting out the back and it's bloody and it's like water, let's can we give it three days? You know, and they all adjust. They all adjust. Well, it's because the intestines are so inflamed from the kibble. And then, yeah, then you're asking them to digest something differently. So it's a, it's a little bit of a transition, but it got that way because of the kibble. It's not the raw causing it. It's like, and, and I think sometimes they do go because now they're getting the proper nutrition. So their body can detox and they push stuff out, but the intestines are so inflamed that, yeah, they, they bleed a little bit, but yeah. You know, but it's, yeah, the raw gets, the raw gets, and we see it all the time in our clients too. We get people all on board with it. And then any little thing that's not going right, you know, um, must, must be the raw. We, we had a case with, um, elevated liver enzymes, liver enzymes went up and they look back at the history. And so the liver enzymes went up when we started raw. So therefore it must've been the raw, like there's uh-huh. nothing else going on. You know, they don't look at what else could it have been or what else, you know, maybe was going on. It had to be, it had to be the raw. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to convince people otherwise sometimes. And maybe, maybe you got 19 supplements. And when I say 19, I'm being serious. 19 supplements in a raw diet is going to screw up probably any raw diet. Why the heck do you put 19 supplements in a raw diet? I have no idea. And people think they're doing the, the right thing. Well, I they know. they read the every, you know, we go back to marketing. The, the supplement industry is so huge because of the marketing. We'll just feed this and it's going to help with all these things and then feed this and it's going to help with all these things. And people are like, well, that's all great. But the thing is, you don't need it when you're feeding a balanced, raw, species-appropriate diet. 
you just you just don't need it. I mean, maybe a little gut support, maybe, you know, like the algae, you know, I think is good because, you know, nothing's perfect. And sometimes we don't know exactly what these production animals are exposed to or exactly what they're eating. So throwing in a whole food supplement, like some algae, just mm -hmm. maybe there's some trace nutrients, you know, we were talking about zinc and other trace nutrients that, you know, that pets need, but they don't need them in very big amounts. So I think that can help round things out. Medicinal mushrooms, these things I think right. can be good to rotate in. I don't even think you have to do them every day is, you know, maybe a few times a week, just give them, give them a little boost, but to give all those supplements, you're going to throw something out of balance. And that's exactly what, you know, we see, we see happen. I think that's something too, that, and it's a hard thing to test. Nobody's ever going to do this research, but when pets start to have problems with their digestion and all these supplements, I, I wonder if those supplements are neutralizing the stomach acid because they need that strong stomach acid to properly break down the food. So when they get into digestive and dogs that get the reflux, see mm -hmm. a lot of those cases, mm -hmm. they're, they're erpy, you know, or they might spit up a piece of bone. Well, if they don't have enough stomach acid, a high enough acid level, they're not going to break down that food. And a lot of times that sort of thing happens because the food's just sitting in. They've, they've shown that in people that GERD, that gastric reflux in people is due to uh, too much acid. What's the first thing that happens? People are put on antacids because their, their esophagus doesn't burn because there's right. less acid to go up in there, but the underlying problem is not enough acid. And, and if they had enough acid to break down the food, the food move out of the stomach and then they wouldn't have it in the first place. So of course they're put on medicines that make it worse. Well, tell me, I tell me it's not true. I contend that a lot of people that have acid reflux probably have a lot of belly fat. Now there's going to be some very fit people out there that say that's not true, but I've watched it in my own family, right? Where people have had this acid reflux. They've been on Tums for years. They lowered their fat in their on their body and all of a sudden it goes away and you're like hey now maybe it was something that they were eating yeah they're probably improving their diet too I right think. right right but then so it was my brother right so he was heavier than he any he, and he was constantly eating tums i was like dude that that's not good for you and um and so then he got into this great you know program where he was you know he's working out all the time that went away then um, something happened where he put back on some weight and started up again, right? And so maybe it was partial, excuse me, partially what he was eating and partially, you know, oh, and sorry, I got the hiccups. The other thing, he was snoring. And once he dropped the weight, he stopped snoring, mm, right? So it was like the these correlations with the way that probably, you know, how the body is is uh put together but yeah it was pretty interesting so he's back on a good track but before i would just reach for a medication guys i would look at do i got too much belly fat going on you know i I've, I've heard um i follow dr christiane northrup she's one of yeah, the yeah. kind of freedom docs and um she says that having a, so she's an OBGYN. So mm -hmm. she knows all about hormones and all that stuff. And she says, she says, having a big belly full of fat is like having a big old ovary there. It <gasps> stores estrogen. It really throws off your hormonal balance. 
So what does that have to do with digestion? Well, everything's interrelated. If you're throwing off your hormones, you're going to be throwing off all other kinds of things because it it stores the, the hormones there. And so she was saying, to your point, that ha- having that extra body fat there around the belly completely messes up your hormone balances and everything. All these systems in the body are interrelated. If one is disrupted, then you're going to have, you know, issues with the others. And it's going to show up differently in different people. You know, one person with belly fat, they might have other symptoms. But if you're disrupting your hormone balance, it's going to show up in lots of other ways in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I, you were asking me if I was going to stay on this hard 75 and yes, I've worked very hard over the last 43 days. And, you know, I would hate to get at the end of my 75 and say, wow, I've really transformed some areas in my body that needed to be transformed. And now I'm just going to go back and get like back on the kibble. You know, I mean, that's insanity, but that's what we do. Right. That's what we do. We kind of get laxed. But I don't want to go back down that road because, you know, the older that we get, it just is harder. It, oh, and, yeah. and and there's nothing, you know, sorry, we can wish it was easier, but it ain't. No, it takes takes longer. You know, we just we just hired this um, this kid, this 18 year old kid, local local kid to help us with some stuff. And man, this kid is so ambitious and so much energy and you know, he's strong. We we went and picked up um, chicken feed. His mom helps organize our, our chicken feed drops uh, we buy through a co-op. And uh, he's carrying around two 50-pound bags like they're nothing, you know. And I'm like, just give it, thinking, just give it 40 years and all this stuff. <laughs> gonna, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. But it doesn't mean that we can't still be active. We just have to Take care. You know, an 18-year-old can probably eat what they want. You know, they they can get away. You can get away with a lot more. When you get older, yeah, you have to take better care. And you, and you have to make, if you want to be healthy, you have to make it a priority. I remember seeing, seeing people in their 40s, like, oh, gosh, I can't bend over. My back hurts and all this stuff. But, you know, I mean, I'm going to turn 62 here in a couple of months. And I'm probably, in, I feel like I'm in as good a shape as I ever have been, maybe not quite as much energy, you know, at the end of the day, I want, you know, by five o'clock, I just, uh, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, go on the go till 10 o'clock anymore, but you know, I can still do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I mean, I really do. I get a lot of things done during the day, get all this hard 75 stuff done. You're running a company, you talk to a lot of people you know, you, you do, uh, we do, we do a lot. And, and people say to us all the time, Rick and I, they're like, when are you guys going to slow down? And it's like, um, it's like, well, I don't know. I guess when we feel like it, you know, we just don't feel like it at the moment. Um, and, uh, so it, you know, we, we've got to stay healthy. We've got to stay healthy. And well, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, yeah, you know, then it's it. And, and you feel, I think a sense of purpose, you know, when you feel like you're doing something that I don't know about that, Dr. Jason, <laughs> some days I feel like, I don't know if I'm helping, you know, um, but you see, but you still feel like it's important that helping the pets is important. That's why you're doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd quit. You'd quit tomorrow. Yeah, it's um, you know, I we I think we just got to keep doing these webinars. Like, 
I can't wait for the rabies webinar to come out. I think that's going to probably cause some people's head to spin, but that's okay. I'd like to see spinning heads. And um, the, you know, elevated liver enzymes, you know, uh, reading blood work. I mean, there's all of this stuff that unfortunately, as we've seen with the with the Hills debacle, um, that people don't understand when they go into the vet and they kind of go down a wonky road, a road that costs them a lot of money. And from what we see, costs the pets a lot of health. Oh, yeah. Meaning, you know what I'm saying? Why, why, Dr. Jasek, would you put a dog on Apoquil for a hotspot? I asked those ladies, I said, did they ever ask you about diet? Oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. No, I'm surprised they didn't try to sell them a prescription diet because that's usually what they do. Put them on one of these hydrolyzed protein because they must be allergic to protein. So they got hotspots. So that, you know, sell them the, the hydrolyzed, uh, some of the hydrolyzed protein diet. But yeah, they don't, they don't talk about nutrition. It's much easier to sell the drugs and much more profitable. Well, I'd like to take a, a survey of our customers and your customers and, and say, has your knowledge empowered you? The education that we provide, the ideas, the questions, the um, the the what ifs, have these helped you help your pet? Has, has this information helped you to stand up and question your vet? You know, because if it doesn't, then why are we doing it? But we are doing it for that reason. Right. Mm -hmm. What, what, it just, it blows my mind. And some people will do this. They will take their dog in. Oh, I know what it was. One of my ex-employees, she contacted me because her dog um, needed to have surgery on his knee. And she actually went over to Dr. Andy before the surgery and, um, it was validated from Dr. Andy that yes, this was, and I guess the name of the problem on the knee escapes me. It's not like an ACL. Um, it's sort of like, um, um, uh, it was born patella. this way. Patella, like alexating patella maybe? No, cause it was, I can't, I, you know, I'll think of it here in a second, but so she texts me and she said, this surgeon, she said, asked me, you know, what I, have had my dog on for the, uh, you know, the knee and the problems. And she said, he, he told me to throw all of the supplements like adored beast and four leaf rover in the trash and that I needed to be on, you know, uh, gabapentin and I needed to be on. Yeah. And I needed to be on, uh, Tosequin that he sells and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And of course he did. Yeah. And she said to me, and she's a pretty strong chick. She said, I so see how customers can be bamboozled by the vet. Mm -hmm. And she said, you guys have got to do this and you've got to put, I'm like, Sam, that stuff's up. It's on my site. We do a podcast all the time. We talk about it. You know, it's there. 
I don't know how to get that information out any more than we've already done it. Oh, I think I, I think the information's out. People just need to be brave enough and it's going to get uncomfortable. You got to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and and push back. And most people, you know, don't don't like to do that. But that's the only way things are going to change. You know, yeah. you can't just sit around and complain about, you know, how bad the veterinary profession is. You got to get out there and do something. If you really want to see it change, you're going to have to get in there and and start pushing back. And um, when I get I, I'm 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 close, I'm, I'm kind of putting final touches on my rabies um, presentation. Oh, yes. it's going to be some good information in there for people to really use for, for pushback. I'm putting out little tidbits on my sub stack, but I'm going to have the whole thing together, like the whole history of where it started. And um, I can completely debunk the whole, the, the need, the, the ridiculous, the purposes that is exposing the ridiculousness of the veterinary clinic mandates. But that's not saying that you can't take the same information and go to your city and go to your county. People are like, well, I have to because we got these rules. Yeah, but, you know, rules become antiquated and that nothing changes unless you go in there and present new information. Ask them if at least they'll take a titer test or something, you know, say, hey, you know, there's really no evidence that this rabies virus exists. And, you know, you know, go in and ask them, go to a a city council meeting or whoever the your is governing your the rabies regulations in your area and and start to push back because yeah those laws stand but you know maybe we just need to you know put more of an effort into getting them to change because they're not going to change and if you just roll over and say well I have to because it's the law well you're poisoning your pet so and then and then you're going to end up treating skin disease and cancer and all of this stuff so, you know, it's it's up to people to band together and to push back against some of this ridiculousness. That's why I love to see this lawsuit. I love and it's not easy to put that out there. And it probably is costing them a grand little money. And but good for them. Good for them because this kind of thing needs to be exposed. And the veterinary profession needs to be exposed as, as far as how corrupt it is. And you know, Dr. Jasek, I just don't see that the that they're going to change their indoctrination system in the veterinary industry i mean every think about it every single year you've got thousands of new vets marching out there telling the same silly narrative to to try to talk to a vet about the rabies issue you, yeah they they one probably won't read the information two will fight you on it and you know but it's gonna be eventually i think dr jason just like this dcm thing eventually there there's so many people in this movement right now that are looking for facts not just in the raw dog food industry but in from the medical industry right um, I, did you ever look, did you ever watch that um, interview with the true med guy and Tucker Carlson, the mm-hmm. one on Ozempic? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that tells the exact same story that everybody that's doing this, that is willing to look, says it's, it, it is not a for health 
method. And I get it that people say, well, what am I supposed to do? You have to get educated. You have to find a team that is holistic, not faux holistic, not, you know, I have a holistic sign. I'll still do the rabies. I'm still selling the prescription diets. I'm still doing, you know, Apoquil and Cytopoint. But I'll do a little acupuncture while you're here. Right. Call it holistic. Right, 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 right. And I mean, that just doesn't, it doesn't fly, folks. It doesn't fly. No, and, and so, you have to start demanding something different and it needs to be enough, enough people, one or two people going into a clinic, they're not going to care. But if 25 or 30% of their clientele came in and said, look, this is, this is ridiculous. We want a different type of, of service. Then, you know, hopefully they take notice, but we're not going to change the profession. It's going to change through, I mean, they're like you said, they're, you're not going to change anything by talking to them or trying to change the indoctrination or the programming of the vets. It has to come from the people or we need to have enough these young veterinarians somehow waking up that, you know, they can start a new, a new line of medicine. That's what's, you know, happening in human medicine. There are some doctors that are, you know, starting a new way of doing things. And that's what we need in, in veterinary medicine. I I don't think it's going to be the young ones. It it might be the ones that have been, you know, doing it for a while. And they're like, what? This doesn't make sense, right? In the beginning, if you've been indoctrinated and you're like, well, the school knows. Right. They've done all this testing. And I think think what is, is so apparent as we dig deeper into all of this stuff is that testing is bogus. Most of the testing is bogus, slanted. And um, again, where Dr. Brady said, it's a four-step process. You create the information, you distribute or own it. Okay. You distribute the information, i.e. vet schools, veterinarian clinics. You incentivize the information, right? You give them great profits. And then if something does happen, You deny, 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 which is what they also did on this whole DCM thing. Denied, 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 denied. Mm -hmm. Until you have someone that gets all of your dirty laundry out in the public. Now what you going to say? Right. Right. Man, they they got them red-handed, sounds like. But you know, Dr. Jasek, and mark my word, what will happen is, if anything, they will just come out with a new food that looks like we're trying to help pets. And you want to say- They'll use this to their marketing advantage, won't they? Yeah. Of course they will. Because they've got the money to have a room full of people say, how do we, how do we spin this? Right. And that's what they're talking. That's why they're not saying anything. Because that's what they're trying to decide and their angle and how they're going to spin it and how they're- what can they, what can they say? And yeah, what new food, how can we, how can we turn this around and make it work uh, to our advantage? But I still think it's good that the information's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, we knew we weren't bad guys. I mean, I don't know if it proves that we still know, you know, are willing to look at things. I mean, if we're wrong, we're willing to look at it. 
but we were like, this makes no sense. Well, it, made, it made no nutritional sense. The first time I heard that made no nutritional sense whatsoever, especially knowing that, I mean, the one, the one nutrient that's been shown to be directly linked to heart health is taurine. And what's the biggest source of taurine? Well, it's, it's meat and organs. So why not just feed that? You know, that's what they need. And unfortunately they lumped all grain-free foods into the same category. They lumped the raw food and with the grain-free kibbles and, and all that, that I don't think, you know, those grain-free kibbles are all that great either, but they also had a big marketing thing that, oh, you know, grains are inflammatory and all this. So let's feed them pea. I remember when those started coming out, what was that eight, 10 years ago? I don't know. They started, oh, let's feed them peas and lentils and all this stuff. And I'm like, that isn't going to do any good. And they're probably going to be a whole host of other problems along with those diets. You know, people think, oh, grain-free is, is good. Somehow that narrative got out there. So yeah, it's all marketing, but it's, it's just, you know, pet health is just so simple. It's like, I feel like I could be out of business tomorrow if people just, just fed a species appropriate diet and put poison in your pets. No, you can't be, you can't be out of business because you are, you're one of the soldiers, one of the few soldiers out there that's saying, you got to start with the diet folks. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't make you healthy if you're going to eat uh, cookies, donuts, and chemicals. Right. I wouldn't be healthy if I ate cookies, donuts, and chemicals. (laughs) And I'd have a big belly full of fat probably too. (laughs) And I'd probably have have acid reflux. (laughs) Right. Right. You'd be gassy. You'd be like burpy. You'd be super attractive. (laughs) I mean, you are, but I'm just saying, you know. I could what be man, what man, like- what man doesn't love a woman with a big fat belly that's burpy and farty? <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, there's all types out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound very attractive to me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get an email on that. You are fat shaming. Yeah. I'm sorry, but we are fat shaming in the dog world. We're not gonna fat shame you in the human world, but I am gonna say you're probably not gonna be as healthy as you could be including myself. That's why I've been doing 75 hard and I'm not injecting Ozempic in my belly. Right. Right. You know, I can tell, you know, here in Tennessee where the area where we live, you know, people don't have a lot of money. It's not a high income area. Um, But people also, I think are not that educated about how to feed their pets. And this is what's, I've thought about starting like a little community clinic here or something, seeing a few people, but I know what what will happen. People will come in and it's like, oh, we know Dr. Judy. We like her. We'll go there for our rabies shot. I just don't think I'm going to find my peeps right right here in my my locale. So I'd have to get the word out that I only see people that are true holistic. And now online, like I have, you know, we have a system set up for pre-screening people. But if I'm here and I'm part of the community, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, if you're feeding you know, the kibble that you've just picked up at Tractor Supply can't work with you. You know, I I just don't want to go down that road. So yeah, you've got your system good. It's like, okay, can you get through door number one? You made it. How about two? <laughs> All right, three, you're in. <laughs> you're in the special club. You're in the, you're in the you're in the cool kids club now. But I can see when I, you know, just seeing other dogs, like, you know, our neighbors' dogs that come over here to visit sometimes. 
you know, they got what I call the kibble fluff. You can just tell the difference. Dogs that eat raw, they're lean and they're fit and they're not, they're not all pudgy and they're not all inflamed with the goopy eyes and, and they're waddling around like they're all arthritic, you know, you could just pick out the kibble dogs. It's right. just, it's just sad. I know they're all kibble fed and probably over vaccinated and going to get cancer and, you know, but if people aren't open to that information and there's not, you know, a lot of resources around here either for unless people, you know, right, you know, raise their own food for their pets, which I guess people could do, but I don't know. It's like the people here are just not, it's, it's even hard to find organic food for, for humans. I mean, we drive to a town like 20 minutes away where there's a grocery store there that sells some organic stuff, but there's no like, you know, natural grocers or any of those isn't that foods, funny? Those. Yeah, none of that stuff. That they though. just don't even come into the market. So, mm. you not, know, but but I will say, I mean, it, it it's expensive, no doubt. I mean, you know, the little boxes that you fill up yourself at natural grocers or sprouts, mm -hmm. those boxes are getting smaller and smaller and the price is going up and up. And I mm -hmm. sound like our customers, but, you know, we still, we still buy there because we want to be as healthy as possible. And when I go into a regular grocery store, Safeway, King Supers, whatever, you're like, there's very few aisles that I need to go down. Right. You make those, those stores really, really tiny, but no, then the profit margin would go down. So you got to make them really big with all the center aisles that have nothing but processed, cheap filler stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know Terrible. You know, what's really, really big out here are Dollar Generals. You know, oh, dollar no. stores. When we first moved here, we're like, there's a Dollar General, like literally <laughs> every couple miles. I mean, within five miles of us, I bet there's three. And, and we live, our town is 1700 people. So it's like every couple of miles. And and I was talking to actually a, a client of mine that lives in the other, other side of Nashville. And she's like, well, that's where people do their grocery shopping. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. People do their grocery shopping there, um, which is all junk food and frozen pizza and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Soda. I'm like, that's just really sad. It just makes me sad because this is, I mean, an area where the people here are just lovely. They're so kind and just like do anything for you. There's really, really a kind culture, but they just not health oriented. So it just makes are, are me they sad owned, to think about they're going to get sick. What's up? Are they owned by the pharmaceutical companies too? The Dollar General stores? You got to wonder. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I, I mean, if if there's anything in this world that is truly bias, it is that lower income does not have access to good food. Right? They don't. Because it's not set up that way, it's not right. set up for, uh, for you to 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 be healthy, in in that respect, right? Because think about it. I mean, you go into and every single time. I mean, every single. It's like when I used to ride a Harley, right? I used to have my you own. Used Harley. to ride a Harley. Oh I yeah, didn't know that you did. What? 
used to be a biker babe. I was a biker. I was back in the 90s, early 90s, like 93. You have to send me a picture. Do you have any pictures of you and your Harley? Of course. And I still have my chaps and my jacket that I wore back then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) And I was one of those crazy people that did not wear a helmet. Oh, Because I lived in Oklahoma, we didn't have a helmet law. And of course, you know, it was too cool to wear a helmet, which was just stupid. But yeah, I was, I was back where there weren't very many women that rode back in the day, Mm -hmm. back in that day. Um, And so I rode with a lot of guys and um, I, I was dating a guy who I used to sit on the back of his bike, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and ride. And that was fun. But I was like, I want my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got one and it terrified my mother. She just, Oh, I bet, you know, and it was back in my drinking days too. And, and big drinking days. And uh, so I'm, I, yeah, some days I'm like, I'm lucky to be alive, Yeah, but I'm lucky to be alive. Yeah. But I remember this, that I was relating it to, to Sprouts that I, every time you would walk in, the Harley Davidson store HD stood for a hundred dollars, right? Because that you, you know, and today is probably, you know, hundreds of dollars. Um, But yeah, every time you go into Sprouts or, or, or natural grocers, I mean, it's, it is, I, I always think about this when Rick and I go in there and I think about families right? People that have three and four kids and they're trying, they're trying to, you know, give them the best food they can. And you're just like, it is an expense. And I'm not going to lie and say that feeding raw isn't more expensive than kibble. But again, Dr. Jasek, it is relative. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much Apoquil is, but I know that any vet, um, any, any time you go into the vet, it ain't free and nor should it be. I'm not saying it should And people that go in and are are quoted like for traditional cancer, conventional cancer treatments, 10 to 20 grand. So, I mean, I look at raw, it's like, it's, it's like an insurance policy in some ways, because it's, it's going to keep your pet healthy and you're not going to have to deal with the heartbreak of, isn't it, isn't it worth a little extra money to not have to watch your pet be sick, whether it's itchy skin or dealing with cancer? I mean, isn't, I mean, it's, pay now or pay later is that's what I tell people. Cause you know, there's no, there's no free lunch. You can't just feed the cheapest food out there and expect your pet to be healthy. And no matter how many supplements you add in or, or how you try to, to fix it. And don't you want your pet to live its best life and be healthy and vibrant. And I mean, that's what I want for my pets. So, I mean, that's, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. And it's, you no, know, I think a lot of times it's a matter of of priority. You know, you 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 have to decide. You know, we we don't have three hundred channels on our TV, but we buy organic food. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it sometimes you have to make your choices. What are you going to spend your money on? And I bet in, anybody, most anybody, and myself included, if I needed to tighten up the budget, oh, there's lots of ways I could tighten oh, up sure. the budget. But food is a priority. You know, and so, you know, if we had to tighten up our budget, will we get down to the basics? What's the most important things that, you know, we need to eat? And maybe we don't buy as many extras or treats, but, you know, you, you, you make it a priority. Like it, that's for us, it's non-negotiable. Well, we're going to, and we're, so we're moving into growing more of our own food too. So that yeah. we know exactly where it comes from. And you know what? 
packets of seeds only cost a couple bucks. So, you know, people, you can get out, you can, you know, people could have gardens that, you know, that I, I remember hearing that in world around the world war two era, something like 40% of the produce produced was from backyard gardens. Wow. You can grow food, you can learn to can, you know, it's, that's cheap. You just have to learn, you know, we have a freeze dryer too. That's more of an investment, but, um, and we have a dehydrator. Those are, you know, less than a freeze dryer, but you know, a, a pressure canner, I think I paid about 80 bucks for mine and it's kind of hot, messy work, but you could do it if it was enough of a priority. So I think sometimes it's about, you know, setting your values, setting your priorities and, and sticking to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't wait. When do you think the rabies thing is going to be ready for us to Show out there, I can't wait. Well, I I've got I really I have the slides out there, and I'm kind of you say you know you read through stuff so much, so much, so much, so much. Like I don't know if it like sounds good. I wanted to make sure it's got a good flow and everything, so I kind of took a step back from it for a couple of weeks. So now I'm going to go back there and and revisit it and um, just make sure. But, but uh, close, it's it's close. Do you do you ever do you ever have a fear? that you'll get a target on your back. I mean, I really do, Dr. Jasek. Sometimes it's like these people are crazy and they're evil in the world. I mean, we're smaller than like, you know, some of the people that are really out there trying to talk about it. But, you know, I always look at stuff and and, and it, once you start marching down this road, you can't really stop. But do you ever think about that? Do you ever think how crazy the world is, and they do want to shut the information down. I really wonder how this whole two point, I wonder what, how it's going to affect keto. Okay. The keto uh, company, right? Because mm -hmm. they're coming out to bring in this lawsuit. It's big. Well, these corporations are bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a $2.6 billion lawsuit. That's nothing to a $19 billion company, mm -hmm. right? Which I don't I don't know that Hills is that big. I mean, I think Nestle's a Mars and I think uh maybe Smuckers the, is the, the largest. The big parent the big parent companies, yeah. Yeah. But do you ever I mean, I know you don't worry at this stage about getting uh uh slash, you know, um the the backlash from the people. And I think we are going to get some backlash and it's fine. Um, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I think about it, but then it's like, I don't know. It just, it seems like when you're a truth teller and you feel like there's a truth that needs to come out because nobody else is telling it, you just, it's like, you can't not do it. Like, yeah, you know, there's, there's risks. Um, but the stuff like in this, it's coming right off the AVMA website, the CDC website. Now it's, I'm interjecting my own opinion and interpretation on some of it, but, um, you know, and, but it, 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 it disrupts what I think it could do is disrupt the, you know, this information where people are running in to get their rabies shots. So it could have, you know, that impact and raise some awareness about the, you know, vaccine industry, which I'm sure they, you know, never want, but you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think about it, but it's just like, you just feel like there are certain things you need to do. And this is something I feel like I need to do. So, you know, I'm going to do it. But, but don't you question why Becker, Habib, Gene Dodds, Dr. William Faulkner, 
uh, even Connor Brady, that they don't really come out with a strong voice against the vaccine industry. You do. I, I do believe when you read Dr. Brady's book that you can pick that up. But those folks that are in, you know, our industry, I don't ever. Oh, you, you got to wonder why they leave that alone. Yeah, it's a it's a big industry to go up against. That's for sure. Or they do like modified. That's what I used to I used to do, you know, like the modified protocols and and stuff like that. But um, where you do less, you know, like I mean, well, like Jean Dodds came out with her vaccine protocol, which isn't even a holistic protocol, in my opinion. I think she just starts them a little bit later, but they still do three vaccines. You know, like that's not that's not holistic in in my opinion. But um, but yeah, it's a big big industry to go up against. And there's a lot of money. I think they would lose a lot of their um, colleagues, you know, I mean, the colleagues that follow them because the vets make a lot of money selling vaccines too. So yes, it's it's a big, it's a big industry, but I'm not, you know, I'm not operating in that world. And I don't know. I I just hope it helps the pets. And I, I think my motivating thing is I just see so many pets, I can't tell you how many cancer, new cancer diagnoses I see within, you know, six months of the last round of vaccines. It's, it's the tipping point. And I see it all the time through the, the pets are sick and inflamed and they're not on good diets and they're getting these vaccines and all these other pharmaceuticals. And then boom, they get, that's the straw that breaks the camel back is very often vaccines. And I just see it all the time and the pets are suffering. And I'm, you know, I'm a voice for the animals. Somebody's, somebody's got to be. And I think that that what I hear from my pet parents is that um, they get confused or they don't make the association when I when you know when we say what's your vaccine history? Oh well, we we haven't given a vaccine in three years. You mean since the last one? Yeah, because yeah, that's what the you know the three year. Well, how old's your dog? Well, twelve. So what are you saying that your dogs had four rounds of vaccines? That's a lot of vaccines, folks, right? Mm -hmm. But but a lot of times there's this. Well, I had you know I haven't done it in three years, so those effects there aren't any effects, right? right. Well, they're cumulative, mm -hmm. right? And so this is where sometimes we have a really hard time, and maybe you can address that in your in your presentation. But it's like we don't know. Just like taking a child in, right? And they're perfectly beautiful. And you'll hear pet parents say it. Pet parents. Parents say it. You know, my child was fine. And then they came out autistic or something was going on. You don't know if it's one, two, three. Which one of those mm -hmm. might affect your pet? And... But I hear that a lot, Dr. Jasek, where people are like, oh, no, we don't vaccine anymore, uh, do vaccines anymore. And I'm like, well, when did that stop? Mm -hmm. You mean you just haven't gone into this next Yeah, or haven't round. been in in three years. And and there's a lot of vaccines they're recommending every year. So, I mean, it's good if people aren't doing that. But, yeah, the the effects are cumulative because every time they get that, they're, you're just disrupting the normal processes in the body. And then as the pet gets older, I think they can't, like you're saying, get older, your body just can't 
rebound as as much from that stuff. And I think the vaccines are changing. I I know the vaccines are changing. I can because they just see pets getting sicker and young pets getting sicker and sicker and more itchy skin. You know, I mean, it's it used to be cancer was a disease of pets over ten years of age. And then we started seeing more between five and ten. Now it's seeing a lymph, new newly diagnosed lymphoma between three and five years of age is getting pretty common. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. I, so what's going on there? You know, I mean, what happens in, in, you know, even if they're not on a good diet, they, if they've only been on it for three years, I doubt that it's given them cancer. I, I know the vaccines are playing a role. Right. I've said it many times, not that I'm an advocate for kibble guys, friends don't let friends feed kibble, but I have said, I think you would have a healthier, if you're comparing the two, right? If you're doing mm -hmm. kibble and vaccines, I think you're setting up for disaster. I think if you're not vaccinating and you're doing kibble, that's less um, toxic than, than if you did sometimes a raw diet and vaccines. I don't know. I don't have the actual, you know, we don't have, feeding trials for five years and let's vaccinate these and let's feed them kibble. I wish we did. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody said to me the other day, which I found this to be nonsensical thinking, but uh, because this was a nutritionist that said this, quote unquote, nutritious. And they said, well, no, we don't have those trials because you would really have to um, she didn't say the word hurt, but what she said was you would have to uh, basically cause harm to an animal to do those studies. And I said, but aren't we causing harm by putting the chemicals in their body and then saying it's all fine and it's all, you know, AAFCO approved and all that? Aren't we doing that same thing? You yeah, know, that's because done. That's done all the time. I mean, there's animals used for research all the time that they're harmed for, you know, because they want a certain outcome on a research project. So animals are experimented on all the time. It sounds to me, it's more of a matter of they don't want the information to come out that would come out of that. That's that's why they don't they don't do it. Right. I was like, she, she was, she was basically her argument was you would be putting the animal in danger if you did not give them certain trace minerals, right? Like copper, zinc, magnesium, that, that sort of thing. I said, but if you're giving them too much, aren't we doing mm -hmm. the same thing? Yeah, or inappropriate or, 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 or fooling, your, fooling yourself that it's actually, well, we got all this nice list of nutrients, but none of it's bioavailable. So we're not really doing them any good. Yeah. The same thing. It's a real life experiment. And, you know, we see, I mean, it's in a sense, we have been doing research for as long as we have been recommending raw feeding because I see pets turn around all the time, all the time. They just do a 180. Even cancer patients that maybe we can't completely resolve the cancer, but for whatever time that pet has, people tell me, but they feel better. I could tell they feel better and their eyes are brighter and they have their coats better. And even though we're still dealing with the cancer, I know that that diet helped my pet feel better. I mean, I see it all the time in the pets that don't have cancer while well, they're just doing, doing phenomenal. I have people ask me like, are dogs supposed to have this much energy? Because <laughs> my dog is like driving me crazy. I'm like, yeah. That's what a healthy dog is, you know, supposed to 
you know, uh, supposed to have. The other thing, you know, you mentioned the vaccines versus the, uh, the kibble, you know, if you think about a child, a baby, you know, and I'm no, not a pediatrician, but autism's definitely been linked to vaccines. Those kids don't, they're, they're autistic for the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. I do think that some vaccine issues just can't be fixed especially very, very young, like these poor babies that are, you know, vaccinated, you know, in the delivery room. Um, And when pets, you know, are vaccinated very, very young, I think there can be some irreparable damage. That's why sometimes it's just just chronic conditions that are harder, um, harder to fix. Nutrition, you know, can be fixed if you change the diet and, you know, correct things, you can correct imbalances. That's, uh, that's a much easier fix. But I do think that you can get Uh, permanent damage from the vaccines. And I would just say this, you're not going to get the industry to test it. Okay. You're just not, but you can test it at home. Right. So, and, and what I mean is if you have the courage to go against the narrative, to go against, oh my gosh, I live in the mountains uh, my dog needs a leptospirosis vaccine. My dog needs this vaccine. They need a Lyme disease vaccine. They need all this stuff to prevent it. Do you have the courage to to not do that, right? And people will say, well, you're advocating for ill health. Am I? Am I actually, or is it the other way? And I would say that we we have... <laughs> We, we have the results for that. Many of us do that say, yeah, my dog, you know, it's been around squirrels. He's been around fox, you know, mountain lions, bears, coyotes, everything. They're peeing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Your dog's out there drinking that squirrel pee. Yeah. And, uh, and they they don't get rabies. They don't get Lyme. They don't get this. They don't get that. So what does that tell you? And they don't get cancer. Right. 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 So it's all, it's all propaganda. It's all right. propaganda and fear and fear cells. So if you're making a decision because you feel afraid that your pet is going to get something, you're being sold something based on fear and don't make decisions based on fear. Research it. Just say, no, thank you. I'll take your advice under consideration and, you know, go do, go do my own research. Again, don't just blindly believe what the vet's telling you because they're, some of them have other agendas and others are just, just programmed to to tell you this stuff. Lisa Freeman. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're going to keep talking about her, you know, because that's just evil. That's just evil. Well, Yeah, really evil. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Jasek. You guys, uh, I always think the first step uh, that 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 you want to make is a second opinion, all right, with Dr. Judy Jasek, a true holistic vet, all right? And uh, she can look at blood work, look at your pet's history, look at elevated liver enzymes, certainly look at how many supplements you might be putting in your dog's food, right? Because that's got to be filtered. Those have to be filtered out. Uh, And they cost money. I I, I talked to a lot of people that if you, if you stopped giving all the supplements that you're giving and put that money towards the raw food, it might be a wash financially. It might not even cost you anymore. Right. 
Right, 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 right. And your dog will thank you for it. Okay. So get over to ahavet.com. Um, stay tuned for information coming out on more webinars that we'll be doing with Dr. Judy Jasek. Uh, it will be life-changing for you and your pet. Might make your head spin, but it's okay. It's all right. Hey, you need oh, I'll need a little push. You need a little head. You little exorcist moment now and then. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, exercise the demons. Okay. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. We'll help you get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. It's really super simple. Uh, you can hit that I'm overwhelmed button or go in the chat. Uh, but super simple. Just get started. You'll be fine. Just do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. Just, Just do, do it. it. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Jasek? Friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. That's right. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Just <laughs> snap.